Greetings, everyone, and welcome. This is Dr. Nicholas Hedberg, and welcome to the Dr. Hedberg Show. And in this uh, episode, I'll be talking about the gut-thyroid connection. And the gut-thyroid connection is really one of the most overlooked aspects of thyroid health, obviously by conventional medicine, but also an alternative medicine as well. Uh, so this is a big, big topic. And one of the things to, to understand right off the bat is that 70% of your immune system is in the gut. And 90% of hypothyroid cases are due to the autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's thyroiditis. So the gut is really key in many, many cases of hypothyroidism, especially if someone's just having difficulty getting their uh, thyroid medication right, or if, if they seem to be doing everything right and you just can't seem to get things balanced. So not only is the gut big for uh, the immune system, but remember that that's where all your digestion and absorption happens. So even your thyroid medication that you're taking has to be digested properly and absorbed, and that can be a very common issue in uh, hypothyroidism that's connected to gut issues. Also, all of your vitamins and minerals those have to be broken down properly so they can be absorbed and used. And a lot of those, like we've talked about before, like zinc and iron and a lot of the other vitamins and minerals are vital for thyroid health. Also, your protein, your fats, carbohydrates, you know, everything. It's got to be broken down and absorbed uh, so that you can have a healthy metabolism and a healthy thyroid so the first thing to understand is that uh, T4 has to be converted into T3. So most of the thyroid hormone made by the thyroid gland is T4, which is relatively inactive. And then it has to be converted into T3. So T3 is 10 times more biologically active than T4. So that's a really important thing to understand. Now, 20% of that conversion happens in the gut. So if you have a lot of gut issues, like if you have dysbiosis, which just means that all of the bacteria in your gut are out of balance, that can affect the conversion into T3. If you have yeast or parasites or any type of infection going on in the gut, this could impact the conversion of T4 to T3. And in this particular presentation, your thyroid numbers might actually actually look fine, especially the TSH and the T4 uh, might actually look okay or a little bit off. And the issue is with the conversion of T4 into T3 in the gut. So let's talk about why people get gut problems. So one of the first big things to look at is the total amount of antibiotics that you've taken in your life. The more antibiotics you've taken, the more likely you are to have a gut issue. So every time you take just a single round of antibiotics, it will create intestinal dysbiosis for up to 13 months. So it lasts a long time and that will affect your uh, T3 levels. 
The other thing is that antibiotics create more drug-resistant bacteria, causes more dysbiosis, and then some people will get yeast overgrowth after they take antibiotics, and the more they've taken, the more this accumulates, and so people might have chronic yeast overgrowth in the GI tract, and that'll certainly impact uh, the thyroid activation. Um, Another thing to note is that stress can really impact your your, uh, gut function, and stress basically decreases stomach acid production. So if you're hypothyroid, you're already going to have low hydrochloric acid, and then if you're under stress, you'll have even lower levels of stomach acid. And stress will also reduce bile flow. So the gallbladder releases bile to digest fats. And then you'll also get lower pancreatic enzyme production. So the pancreas makes enzymes that digest food in the upper small intestine. So you get hit in three ways, the acid, the bile, and the enzymes. And that's going to significantly impact your thyroid medication Um, all your vitamins and minerals, your supplements, and then everything you need from the food that you eat. And that will all indirectly affect thyroid function. So that's uh, another important thing to know about why people get gut problems. And then poor dietary choices. I mean, some of the stuff is obvious. Too much sugar and processed carbohydrates. That's like fast food to the bacteria in your gut. So if you already have a lot of dysbiosis and you're piling in sugar and processed carbs, giving these bacteria that are overgrowing fast food, then you're going to create more and more issues. And then food sensitivities are also big. Things like gluten, dairy, eggs, soy, and peanuts. Those are kind of the top five. Uh, But you could have a sensitivity to almost any food. So we like to do blood testing to identify uh, potential food sensitivities so we know which ones may be causing problems and which ones aren't. That way you're not unnecessarily eliminating certain foods from your diet. Other things can be like antacids. So if you're on proton pump inhibitors, these will lower stomach acid. That'll create a lot of gut issues. Um, birth control pills, the longer you've taken birth control, the more likely you are to be depleted in a number of different nutrients. And one big one is folic acid. So birth control pills, they deplete you of folic acid and folic acid is really, really important for the gut barrier. So you can develop leaky gut syndrome, uh, just by taking birth control pills for a long time. And then just a few more obvious things, eating very fast eating on the run. It's very common in our society today. So a lot of people aren't in a relaxed state anymore while they're eating. So you've got to stop the the reading, the texting, checking Facebook, watching television. Um, A lot of people, they always have to have something going on. And the best thing for your digestion is just to be totally and completely focused on the food that you're eating. And then uh, alcohol and caffeine in excess can further cause, cause gut problems. 
So those are some of the big ones. I mean, a lot of it's just eating hygiene, basically what I just talked about, being in the right environment, your food sensitivities, stress, and then uh, your total antibiotic load. Those tend to be the the big ones uh, that I see in practice. So how do you know how much of an impact your gut is having on your thyroid? Uh, Well, the first thing is just understanding all the different symptoms that you have. The worse they are, the more likely you are to have a strong connection there. So bloating after meals, gas, cramping, loose stools, constipation, or going back and forth between constipation and loose stools, burping, heartburn, and then inconsistent stool formation. So it just looks different all the time. Uh, Those can all be indicators of some big gut problems. So for example, bloating after meals is usually low stomach acid. And H. pylori, which we've talked about in other podcasts, uh, H. pylori is one of the big factors in some cases of Hashimoto's disease. And H. pylori can create heartburn. So you can get kind of a vicious cycle going here. I'll give you one example. So let's say you get H. pylori, and that causes heartburn, and you get prescribed antacids, and then you have lower stomach acid production, which actually helps the H. pylori grow. And then H. pylori is a known trigger of Hashimoto's disease. And then you get Hashimoto's disease and hypothyroidism. And then when you're hypothyroid, you get even lower stomach acid production. And then everything just starts to break down uh, from there. So you can see that's one example of how things connect and how when one starts to break, the rest of the system starts to break down, and then people just get stuck, and they don't really know how to get out. There is a simple kind of home test you can do called a transit time test. So normally the food that you eat passes through your intestines in about 18 to 24 hours. And all you have to do is buy activated charcoal, activated charcoals it's readily available um, in most health food stores and online and it's just an inert substance a lot of people use it to um, if they're traveling for traveler's diarrhea because it just absorbs everything uh, so there's less water in the gut and if you just swallow four capsules with a meal and then write down the day and the time that you take the capsules, and then just watch your stool until you see a, it's like a black, your stool will look black or dark gray, and that's when you know that the activated charcoal has come out. And then you write down that day and time. So let's say you eat dinner at 5 o'clock on Friday, and then you have a bowel movement uh, on Saturday at 5 and you notice that the stool is dark or black or gray, then that's that's a 24-hour transit time. So that would be okay. If it took a lot longer than that, then you're probably constipated, and that can indicate a thyroid issue or another issue causing the constipation. If it comes out before 18 hours, then that's probably too quick 
You also don't want things to move through too quickly. If they move through too quickly, then you won't absorb a lot of your nutrition and your vitamins and minerals. So usually if it's too quick, that means that something is irritating your GI tract. It's causing inflammation, and that could be parasites or yeast overgrowth, bacteria. Certain foods could be irritating. It could be physical or emotional stress. So you don't want it to go through too quick, and you don't want it in there for too long. So that's a very simple, inexpensive way just to kind of check things out. But if you kind of want the the Cadillac, so to speak, of figuring out what's going on in your GI tract, you want to do a stool analysis. Most functional medicine practitioners will order stool analyses on their patients. Uh, I've order them on most patients just because most illnesses have a gut connection. But definitely if I see someone who has Hashimoto's disease or a thyroid issue, we'll want to do a stool analysis. And the stool test will look for parasites, yeast overgrowth, bacterial overgrowth, bacterial infections, dysbiosis. And then you can even do additional markers of inflammation and digestion and absorption. So that's really the the best way to get the most accurate picture of what's going on inside your gut. So if we find something, like if we find an infection, then we'll use herbal medicines to address that infection. And the lab does a nice job of doing what's called a sensitivity. And basically they grow whatever they find And they expose it to many different compounds. So they'll expose it to garlic and oregano and grapefruit seed extract and berberine and caprylic acid and a bunch of different compounds that are antimicrobial. And they'll be able to see which ones work for that particular bug and which ones don't. And they'll also do that for prescription medications. So you can see what will work for the drugs and you'll see what will work for the natural remedies. So that's the first thing you want to do is eliminate the infection. You also want to remove uh, food sensitivities, and that can be done through blood testing. We do that on a lot of patients. Um, That's a little bit easier than just doing a full elimination diet because with an elimination diet, you might be eliminating a lot of foods that you're actually okay with. And I mentioned those earlier, some of the big ones like gluten, dairy, and eggs, and things like that. Then you also want to repair the gut. And there are supplements that work well for repairing the intestinal barrier. Things like zinc and quercetin and glutamine. And then uh, those are just a few. And then also things like... uh, Incorporating bone broth into your diet can be be very reparative of the gut lining. So we work on repair. And then if there's a lot of digestive symptoms like the bloating and the gas and things like that, then we'll usually replace the acid and the enzymes. So we might just use like hydrochloric acid capsules or pancreatic enzymes. And that really helps to make sure that everything is digested well in the stomach. And then we re-inoculate 
and that's with probiotics. So we might use a good uh, multiple strain probiotic containing lactobacillus and bifidobacter, usually around 25 to 50 billion colony forming units a day. Saccharomyces boulardii is another good one. That's actually a beneficial yeast. And uh, this particular yeast strengthens the immune system in your gut. And then it also kind of crowds out all the bad stuff, sort of like musical chairs. And it just pushes out the bad yeast and the bad bacteria. And then there are, we, we do go over specific foods as well, probiotic-rich foods and prebiotic-rich foods that can help to restore the gut. And a lot of these you probably already know, like yogurt and kefir, sauerkraut, pickles, kimchi, and things like that, you know, miso. All of those really help to restore gut flora. I do want to mention, I talked earlier about stress, um, but cortisol from stress... And if you've listened to my podcast on the adrenals and how they connect with the thyroid, um, I mentioned that cortisol will inhibit the production of thyroid hormone. It will inhibit the conversion of T4 into the more active T3. And then it raises reverse T3. Reverse T3 is an inactive form of T3. The, The problem is that it binds to T3 receptors, so it blocks T3 from binding. And so these chronic elevations in cortisol, uh, we talked about how they can break down the gut and inhibit absorption that will indirectly affect thyroid function and then they'll directly affect T3 levels and T3 receptors. Another thing I wanted to mention is estrogen. I have talked a lot about this in other podcasts, but a lot of estrogen is detoxified into the gut. And uh, once the um, metabolized estrogen gets into the intestinal tract, it should be excreted in the feces. But if you have a lot of gut issues, if you have a lot of dysbiosis, parasites, or yeast, or um, really poor movement of food through the gut, like constipation, then you tend to reabsorb some of that estrogen And as you know from my other uh, writings and podcasts, estrogen will inhibit thyroid function because too much estrogen, it increases the number of, um, it increases the amount of proteins in the blood that will bind up your thyroid hormone. And so that can actually create hypothyroid symptoms. So you have to fix the gut to ensure you're getting rid of all of the estrogen that your body is detoxifying in the liver. If not, you'll reabsorb it, and that will cause more hypothyroid issues. And then lastly, the liver, uh, the more unhealthy your gut, the more likely your liver is going to be under stress because everything that is absorbed in the gut has to go through the liver. And so if the liver is overloaded with a lot of toxins and inflammation uh, from the infections, food allergies, all those things, chemicals, all those things overload the liver. 
And then pretty much the majority of the conversion of T4 into T3 in your body happens in the liver. So the liver can be secondarily overloaded by gut issues. And so the gut issues are going to cause a drop in your T3 levels. And then you're also going to get hit because your liver is not able to properly convert T4 into T3 as well. But again, that's secondary to the gut issues. So you really have to fix the intestine in order to really get the thyroid uh, working well and the liver working well. And then uh, one other thing is just a leaky gut. I do have a whole YouTube video on leaky gut and um, an article on that as well. And leaky gut can occur from pretty much all the things that I mentioned earlier. The food sensitivities, the gluten, the stress, the chronic use of the medications like the birth control and the antacids. And all those kinds of things can contribute. And leaky gut can be a key factor in Hashimoto's disease and hypothyroidism. And the way you fix that is, of course, the things I mentioned earlier. The uh, repairing, uh, removing, replacing, and re-inoculating. All those things we talked about. And again, the way you really figure a lot of that out is through stool testing Uh, food sensitivities, and then testing adrenal hormones and things like that. So you can be very precise so you know exactly what you're dealing with. So that's the gut-thyroid connection. Um, One of the things that really helps my podcast is if you subscribe on iTunes and also leave a review on iTunes. Uh, The more reviews and subscriptions I can get, the more likely people are to find this particular podcast online so I can get the information out to a lot more people. So this is Dr. Hedberg. If you go to drhedberg.com and read the article, The Gut Thyroid Connection, I have a lot of links in there and more information that will be really helpful for you. All right, so I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, this is Dr. Hedberg. I will see you at the next podcast. Take care.